my mindset was we got to get in, get it done and move on. And I was very strong-willed about that. And I think that did help my recovery. I refused to feel sorry for myself. And I had, again, with my fitness, same with my recovery, I set little goals. By Mm. this day, I want to do this. By this day, I said at day seven, I need to have my driver's license back. Welcome to the Australian Weight Loss Surgery Podcast, where every two weeks we explore all the aspects of the weight loss surgery journey. We'll hear from a range of experts, including bariatric surgeons, psychologists, patients, and dietitians, sharing up-to-date informative advice to help fast-track your long-term weight loss success. Welcome back to the Australian Weight Loss Surgery Podcast. I'm Jackie Lewis, your host, and I'm a clinical nutritionist from BM Healthy. You might remember a little way back, we met with Natalie Roberts, who's a weight loss surgery patient who has done amazing things with her health and her physique after weight loss surgery. Natalie, we spoke with, I think we worked it out, was nearly two years ago. She had her surgery. She then got involved in weights training and keeping fit at the gym, which then progressed into full kind of bodybuilding competitions and I won't give away too much in the intro but Natalie will give us an update on her progress so far and the main reason we've gotten together is also just to explore Natalie's skin removal surgery that she had recently and just to share I think a lot of people are asking questions about what to do with loose skin after weight loss surgery and where to look as far as getting the right care goes and Natalie was so generous with her time and her heart. Yeah, she's just a beautiful soul. She really wants to share her experience because she puts so much effort into researching where to go to get good care and how she prepared for her surgery is also revealed. So stay tuned. We'll talk to Nat and get the next update on her progress to date. So welcome, Natalie Roberts. Thanks again for joining us and giving us another update on your story so far. It's been quite the journey, hasn't it? It has been such a big journey. Huge. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. A lot's changed. A lot's gone on. And I really want to share with everyone, obviously, we're past the weight loss phase, I guess, of my journey to fixing what's left over, which was the skin removal. And I know lots of people are very interested in this. It is unfortunately what can happen when you lose a big amount of weight. But I think knowing you have an option and yeah, going from there and I can share yeah. you know, how I decided and what I did to get ready. That'd for be great. It. Thank you. Because I even see in our groups and even in the emails we receive at Being Healthy is even before people start with their weight loss surgery journey, they're worried about their skin and the excess skin that's left after the rapid weight loss and that sort of stuff. And it is a real question that we get often is how do I prevent that? I see a lot of it is like there's a whole range of different factors. One is how long was your skin stretched in that way for? So it's like if you've blown up a balloon and left it blown up for six months as opposed to two days it's when that balloon kind of deflates it's what is that imprint that you leave I suppose in the skin some of it's genetic like we all see that during pregnancy women either get raft of stretch marks some get none some also bounce back really quickly and they have sort of no remnants of that baby tummy and others are left again like a deflated balloon that's never to be the same again so 
there's genetics and we'll also touch on nutrition later on as far as your surgery goes and how that helped to prepare you but yeah it's, it's so many again it's just like the weight loss surgery journey isn't it there's it, like a hundred different things that all point to this one problem that we have it is and no one's journey is the same and I think that's the whole comparing and you've got to take everything with a grain of salt so open book and and mm. we'll share my experiences and yeah, what I'm dealing do. with and I love that is that so come um, to this and place then I just hope that. it just helps someone yeah thank you not just one person I'm sure because it'll answer a whole raft of questions but that's what I appreciate is your time just being so honest and open and it comes from this beautiful place of just wanting other people to cut their their journey shorter or help them to feel that it is something that's doable so let's start with where it all began so we were just saying that your actual weight loss surgery was about four years ago it was yes yep four years ago and it only feels like yesterday that I had it done but it has it's gone really fast and I lost bulk of my weight in that first 12 months mm. and so I had been overweight for mm, a decade yeah maybe a little bit longer. I had two kids in that time as well. And unfortunately, I was not genetically blessed. Um, <laughs> I did not bounce back. <laughs> and so, and I lost just over, it was about 75 kilos. So I knew at the beginning, I was going to have skin left over. I wasn't sure how much. I was really lucky. It wasn't so much on my tummy. It was my thighs. So about a year ago, well, it was February last year, I decided I need to have some skin removed. The actual scariest part was telling my husband at the start <laughs> because I was like, oh, how am I going to approach this? And I'm a very, very honest person. So I was just like, look, I need to get this fixed. And so then I started the process of what do I need done? I mm. think that was the biggest decision of, okay, what is the main reason of going in to have surgery? So it was at first we spoke about the difference between cosmetic surgeons and plastic surgeons. Mm. And this is a huge one, I think, as much as cosmetic surgeons, they've got their place in the world. But for weight loss patients, please see a plastic surgeon, I guess, more experienced and specialized in this stuff and more so for their scar minimization you're going to be left with big scars and I'm more than happy to share them because it's something for me at the start and when I was with my psychologist about this, so this has been, a, I guess, a, a long process for me of going, well, what can I live with? Can I live with my skin or am I going to live with the scars? And at the start, I was like, oh, I can't live with these scars. No way. It's a daily reminder. And then I guess then thinking, I'm like, well, so is the skin. So it was kind <laughs> of, it. I'm like, Choose it. oh, what one do I want? And so for me, in the end, I was like, I can't live with this. Let's go with the surgery. And so I did go see a cosmetic surgeon and I freaked out. And I was actually really lucky because the first time I saw it was just before COVID hit. And then I was about to book in and surgery was cancelled. So for me, I was like, oh, that's a really good sign. Obviously, it wasn't meant to be. And so in COVID, we were in lockdown. I had all the time in the world. Do so, your research, right? Oh, my goodness. My Google <laughs> search history was just <laughs> incredible. So I actually joined a lot of Facebook closed groups. So I joined 
in my surgeries, just so everyone knows, so I had a breast lift, Mm -hmm. breast augmentations or implants. I had tummy tuck and then I had, it's called a crescent thigh lift. And so that runs just in the, I guess, the crease in the inner thigh. So it's not the thigh scar that goes down to my knees at all. So I was very nervous with having that scar running down my thigh only because I compete. So I guess for me, I also took into account my goals on what I wanted to achieve. And so the plastic surgeon did come out and say, best option for you would be to have a full extended thigh lift. But I'm very strong in my decision and was like, no, we're not (laughs) doing that. So I worked very closely with my surgeon, Theo Birch. So he is a reconstructive surgeon and I saw multiple surgeons. So don't be scared Mm. to go and see and get referrals from your GP. Yes, it costs you money. I think each consult was about $170 after receiving Medicare rebate on them. But you need to be really comfortable with your surgeon. Yeah. Because, well, they're going to see you naked. But <laughs> you know, skill sets because what oh, I yeah. learned is that some plastic surgeons are great at just the boobs. Some are really great at just tummy tucks. It's finding someone that you go, okay, what's the most important surgery? and focus on what their skill set is so my surgeon he is actually a specialist in hands and what I liked about that is he's very good at scar minimization and so that was my main concern and he has done an absolute incredible job wow and I've had feedback from that from other surgeons so it's just going who you're most comfortable with yes and, what you want. and doing your homework I think oh, is yeah. key And I like that you've done your own homework. It's not that you've gone, a friend did that and they had this and then that worked out for them. So I'll just do that. And we do do that. I don't discredit that at all, but I think you really have to take it in. You talk a lot about responsibility of yourself and, you know, your own maintenance now and all that sort of thing. But it is, I think, one of those things you really need to do your own good because it, again, it is your journey and you might have, you know, your goal is to, show your legs when you're competing in your competitions but other people might not have that so they might be okay with so it's really working out exactly firstly what they're going to do what it's going to leave you with and are you okay with it and you say that it's like choose the skin or choose your scars and talk about that what can I live with and can't I yeah and that was a massive process for me so that process was probably around about seven months with my psychologist so I was still seeing them of the same weight loss one at James Askew's office and it was a huge discussion point and it was one that we kept on coming back to and then for me I was like I've really got to do something about this because I'm not moving forwards with my life I'm Mm. just forever fixated on this issue and so Yeah, so I'm happy with how everything is. And we did talk about it. So I am going back for a second round on my thighs. So my thighs were huge when I was overweight. And because they did not bounce back at all, there's still skin that hasn't been removed. But that's because my surgery, so I was under for seven hours, which is massive toll Mm. on the body. 
and will go into my preparation for my surgery because I prepped for this surgery, my body to be in its optimal performance so I could recover well. And so I guess with the plastic surgeon, he knows the limits as well and was like, it's not safe to keep going. So we're going to go in, I see him on the 14th of September um, for the next, I guess, installment. Installment. Love to have you back again. Talk about that last part of your thighs. (laughs) Oh, look, I tell you, and it is, I already know in my mind what needs to happen for me to have a successful surgery. Every surgery is different, but I think I know my body quite well. So my prep for the last surgery, I first of all saw the surgeon. It was, it took me ages to get into them. And I think that's also another really important thing for me was, and to share, it doesn't happen automatically. So if you decide I'm going to go get skin removal, I'm telling you now it's about a 12 month process. It is huge. In my mind, I was like, oh gosh, this is going to take forever. I have to live with this for another 12 months. But unfortunately, they're so full. So to get in just my initial consult took around about three, four months just to get my consult get with one run. surgeon. Yeah, right. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is ridiculous. And then when you see them, then their books are normally filled up. If they're a good surgeon, you yes. can't get in for like four or five months. And yeah. I was like, oh, so it is a real good telltale. If you can get in straight away, uh, yeah, don't commit you kind of know <laughs> that it could be a little bit dicey. You have to be patient mm. with the timeline. I think it's a good thing. And we talked about this before is it's almost like pregnancies, like, oh, yep. I'm pregnant. And oh, now I've got nine months to work on what I'm going to do with this thing when it comes out and yep. how I'm going to be a parent and what I want for my, and my values around that. And all those sorts of things that you research and do when you're about to have a baby. It's similar. I think the waiting periods, even for weight loss surgery, people are like, oh my God, I need to wait a year for my public health insurance or whatever, private health insurance. But I think that's the time where it's, this is your time to do your work, do your psychological, turn that around, prepare mentally, physically, nutritionally, and look at it as something that is, it's like a marathon, isn't it? Get ready for it. It is. It was a massive marathon. And I think so, as soon as I had so I saw the surgeon in February last year, so 2021. And then my surgery actually wasn't booked until the 25th of November. Yeah, right. Now, for me, I could have gotten in a little bit earlier, but I decided what would help me the most is I would stick a competition. <laughs> my, yeah. I last, I, my competition I competed in and I won, actually won the transformation. And I became a sponsored athlete, which wow. I laughed because I'm just me. And I'm <laughs> like, it's just beyond my wildest dreams yeah. to even do that. But for me, it wasn't about actually winning. Like winning was definitely the cherry on top. But for me, it was a world competition mm-hmm. in the Gold Coast. And I was up against, it was about 20 of us incredible athletes up there and I actually rung my coach when I was backstage and I was like oh we got no chance <laughs> and he goes we're just gonna have fun so I was like all right then I will and I think because I actually at that point didn't think I had a chance in hell to win you go in I, quite um, a bit more relaxed you? yeah fun. yeah yeah so for me I was like in the February I booked in for my surgery 
And then I prepped for my competition. So my last competition was on the 28th of May. And then I had basically four weeks to reverse out and not be in fat burning mode. So Mm. you cannot be in fat burning mode for any surgery. Yeah. But for me, it was the most optimal time because when you're reversing out from being, I guess, in a high calorie deficit, your body responds so well because you're feeding it nutritious foods. It's building back up. Your hormones will level out. And so I timed it really well with my coach. I needed help. Obviously, that structure. And I went in with my surgery in the most fittest, most healthiest version I possibly could. I researched all the vitamins, absolutely everything. What can I do to minimize my swelling? Because on these Facebook groups, I'm telling you now, they're like, what's this swell hell? And I'm like Googling this and I'm like, oh my goodness, you look like a balloon. And I had swelling, I think because I did not put anything sugary in my body. I ate so clean. I was taking at one stage, three weeks before surgery and about 10 weeks after surgery, I was taking about 13 vitamins a day. Yeah. So substrates for skin, healing, inflammation. It manages all of that sort of stuff. Absolutely. And it's doing your research and knowing what ones to take. There's some that were overseas that on these forums and I'm like, what is this stuff? It's not sold in Australia, so don't take it. Snake oil, we call that. (laughs) Yeah. I'm like, oh, okay, no, we're not going to take that here. And I guess that research in that time from February Mm. to November, I took it upon myself to really delve into and I asked so many questions on the forums. I'm surprised I wasn't banned, but I wanted to know their swelling stories and the compression garments. So you do need to live in your compression garment for eight to 10 weeks. Yeah. It is horrible. I did mine in summer. Oh my goodness. Maybe don't do that. Um, I had basically, I had (laughs) top two knees in compression wear and it was a two man job when to get it on and off. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. My whole family was part of this surgery. Yeah. You need the support probably for a good two weeks yeah. um, after surgery. Um, I was in surgery uh, in hospital for two nights mm-hmm. and then they send you home on your merry way. I didn't have all the fancy stuff. Like people like you need recliner chairs and electric chairs. You need this, you need that. And I was like, gosh, the surgery already cost me just over $30,000. I'm not going ahead and buying all this yeah. other stuff to help with my recovery my mindset was we got to get in get it done and move on and I was very strong-willed about that and I think that did help my recovery I refused to feel sorry for myself and I had again with my fitness same with my recovery I set little goals by Mm. this day I want to do this by this day I said at day seven I need to have my driver's license back I've had young kids they're at school I have to take them to school I have to pick them up and I think for me it was that really helped setting yourself up to and pushing yourself through that kind of yeah yeah you're very well thought out individual aren't you I'm very methodical (laughs) Um, I had prepped all of my meals my family meals for only specifically did seven days after my surgery because I had given myself seven days was my 
adjustment period and after that I was like right you need to get up you need to get back to normality you need Mm. to drive you need to cook for your family and I think having that mindset of we don't have all the time in the world to just Mm. lay here and Mm. heal I think that's what really got it's amazing the power of your mind like when you make a decision that it's quite interesting to see it all just fall into that parameter that you've set and I think I mean, I talk a lot about that with people doing exams and that sort of thing. It's like sit and imagine yourself being there and how it feels and how well it's going and like the brain and the mind and how you control that are so incredibly powerful. And I think that's a huge contribution to I need to have all my ducks in a row to begin with and then once it's done, here's what I need to do and I need to move on. So now, Nat, do you feel that with all of this that's changed, do you feel old Natalie's left behind or do you think there's elements of her that are still with you? Is it a way of escaping that? (laughs) No. Look, as much as losing the weight and then getting the surgery, it doesn't fix the mental side of things. And I think that's a huge learning curve that I wasn't expecting. Mm. I thought that once the skin had gone and a few things fixed that I could move on and close that chapter. And what I've learned is what that does not happen with surgery. And Mm. I do struggle every day and I'm getting all emotional because Mm. I thought I would get to a point where I would be okay with how I look. Mm. And I train hard. I eat well. I have this thought of where I am now at the beginning when I first got weight loss surgery I could only dream of where I am now I never thought it would happen but I guess being here I feel as though it's still not enough and that is something I've got to work through because surgery doesn't fix everything it helps but I still pick at my body I still see a really big girl and I don't know if that will ever change And I guess for me, as much as people say around me, oh, you look incredible, it's really hard because I don't see it um, as much as I probably should. I'm like, oh, I've definitely got shape, got muscle. Why can't you be happy with that? And I think I am really hard on myself. I'm told that all the time. And I think as well, it's that anger towards myself of, you know, I was overweight for so long. If I wasn't, then I wouldn't be dealing with this. And I think, I don't know what the answer is actually to fix it. And I'm really, really honest about that because I was at the beginning of getting the surgery to remove the skin. I thought, oh, once I don't see it, yeah, there's no everything's going to be great. Yeah. <laughs> and it's not. Surgery can't fix everything and I'm very, very realistic with, and that was the first thing I said to my plastic surgeon. I was like, I know you can't fix everything. You can help it. And I think with me going in for this second surgery for my thighs, in my mind, I'm like, right, it's not going to fix everything, but it has to be better than what it is. Yeah. And then after that, like, that's it. Like, I've got to draw the line because I watch botched a lot and I'm like, I'm not going to get to a point where I'm up to like my ninth or 10th surgery because clearly it's not going to be perfect. I can't be overweight for 10 years and expect it to be fixed. My skin, as you get older, 
I know. Things change biologically. But it's also part of that is, and on top of that, there will be change. So I know we were talking about age in our time offline, and it is a process of the next stage and the next stage and the next stage. And so for women, we have so lucky, we have so many stages, and we're all heading towards this one stage we all know about. And things do change dramatically. From kind of 40, 50, we all notice things do change. And I think it is a real process of becoming okay with that. And I love that we see that more on social media platforms and that sort of thing now that there's women who are not perfect and not hair coloured and embracing their grey and all that sort of stuff. And I think we have so much to answer for and even for our children, the next generation, to bring them through in a way that's self-loving and not so hard. So I'm really aware of just the messages I send around health, weight, that sort of stuff in our house. It's all around we're doing this to be healthy. I'm very careful not to talk about I'm doing this so I'm not fat or I'm doing this so I feel good. So it's all about working out what you can live with and then how do we head get to understand that what is perfect anyway, firstly, and secondly, how can we live our lives in a way that we're happy with what is and understand that we're not our body, we are our we are more than personality, that. we are our family, we are a whole range of different things and kind of channeling our energy into those sorts of things. But I don't take away the fact that once you've had a healthy weight, you certainly do feel totally different and there's something definitely to be gained. But yeah, it's all definitely a process, isn't it? It is such a huge process. And I think as well, I've got a daughter who's 10 and a little boy as well who's seven. And I think they're in a very impressionable age. And I very, very rarely, they don't really see the struggles. I always put on that happy mummy's loves her body and that kind of stuff. And I think it's that double life kind of thing. Like I feel like I have to protect my kids. But then I deal with, I guess, my own insecurities on my own. And I think that in a way is probably really detrimental to myself because Mm. I don't voice it. I go, oh, it'll be all right. This will be fixed and this will be fixed. And when that doesn't happen, it's kind of that disappointment. But I think as well, and what I don't do often enough is go before weight loss surgery. Mm. And I guess when you're booked in to have your weight loss surgery, it is that moment of going, it's coming to an end. Yes. Um, the weight. Yeah. And so, like I said before, like when I first started losing the weight, I could only dream of getting to where I am now. I honestly didn't think it was possible. I am fit. Yeah. I have got a really good amount of muscle. I went on stage in front of thousands of people in yeah. a rhinestone G-suit. <laughs> Hello. That's a, okay, <laughs> that, have a look that, how far you've come, girl. I would never have done that at 130 kilos. Or yeah. if I did, you probably wouldn't find too many people watching. <laughs> um, <laughs> to reflect back of going where I am now is actually never where I thought I would ever of course. be in a million years. And yeah. Why can't I be happy with that? Yeah. And I think that's that chasing of, well, if I've achieved what I have now, what, what else, else is I possible? I know. And that's nice. And that's a really good mindset. It is. And I think as well, we have to remember in society, so instant. And, you know, I used to follow a lot of, I guess, skinny girls, mm. the, the fitspo ones. And yes. I'm like, you know what? They haven't had kids. Yes. You know, 
they're like Keep about 15, they're 15 years younger than me and mm. I'm not that person. So I actually stopped following those yeah. people and I now look up to the, I guess, the more solid girls, the ones mm. who they're muscular. That's they're harder. Muscular. Fit and muscular is much, much harder than skinny. I think oh, 100%. Yeah. Yeah. You can do skinny <laughs> It's not easy for a lot of people, but yep. to be muscular and fit and athletic and mm-hmm. strong and pull something off like that, that's harder. It is. And also I've really done a lot of research in the benefits of being muscular. Yeah. Like, yes, I'm trying to fill out my skin. There's, there's definitely no denying in that. But when I do get older, having that health and the muscularity with your bones and just the aging process yeah there is so much more benefit in that I don't want to be skinny and frail Mm. I want to be strong strong and and operational yeah absolutely and it's a lifelong thing for me to Mm. maintain my muscle mass because the benefits of that huge yeah we talk about this when we Mm. have conversations around regain and a lot of patients are quizzically asking about why am I regaining and it's the same thing it's if you go through that rapid weight loss stage without propping things up with exercise and protein and building that doesn't have to be a bodybuilding and competing kind of physique but we need muscle to keep our motor running and keep our metabolic rate healthy and that is the key is underlying everything that's also why I keep my exercise up is because I know that that's metabolic rate and at the end of the day if I'm in a job where I'm seated but I've done my resistance training and I'm building and I've got some metabolically active tissue I'm ahead of the next guy and it's not about weight so much as it is about performing and feeling motivated and feeling good about yourself but the research on training and resistance training it doesn't have to be with weights that's why they're implementing it in old people's homes because it helps with preventing dementia and it reduces your risk of fracture and you just live a much longer and healthier and happier life yeah and this is the thing it's you don't have to even if it's a couple of days a week you're doing Mm. it and I do a lot of bands, yeah. I, I even do them as well. It's definitely ingrained, I guess, now yeah. in making sure I do keep up my weight training. That's and great. it is funny with the regain and I have stopped weighing myself and even taking pictures. And it's really funny. The last time I weighed myself was about three weeks ago. Yeah. And I had been sitting after my weight loss surgery, I had been sitting at 59 kilos for ages. And this is probably the first time since weight loss surgery, I've had to actually really focus on where I'm sitting because I have been in that weight loss phase for so long. And now it's time for me to go, well, this is my real life. It's so funny. This is my real life. This Mm. is now... We're out of the weight loss phase yeah. of my life. I can't stay in that phase. And so my weight is going up, yeah. but my shape has changed. And I always used to get stuck on that bloody number on the scale. And yeah. I used to love it in that weight loss phase. Like I used to get on and it might be like a kilo or two kilos a week. I used to weigh in every Friday. Mm. And that number going down, it used to give me that excitement that I think that if I didn't have a loss on the scale, 
it used to be really hard for me. Mm. And so, and I think now, because now the scale is going the other way, yeah, I kind of feel like I was failing yeah. because I'm like, oh God, I'm regaining. I'm going to undo everything I've done for the last four years and I'm going to go back to where I was. And I've relinquished my scales to my trainer because I'm like, you know what? I'm not going to be able to stay the weight I am, pushing the weights I am, the amount of training that I'm doing. Yes, I'm eating a lot of food, but I'm not eating the food I used to. Like I'm not sitting down eating a whole cake. I am eating clean foods, but I've also started to implement being more flexible. And I think also not feeling guilty of going, oh, I had a piece of cake. And that was probably the biggest thing for me because I'm like, this is actually can trigger into a real bad eating habit of thinking that I can't have cake. There is no such thing as bad food. It is actually realizing, you know what, you don't need to eat the whole bloody cake. You don't need to eat this. You don't need to eat that. And so I think learning everything in moderation or It's a tough moderating. One. There's one. It's really, really yeah. hard. Yeah, it yeah. is. And I think it's you're right when you say there's that real fear when the scales keep going back up again, but they yep. need to. And okay. with weight loss surgery, there's always that bouncing around at the bottom end when you get to that. Well, where am I going to sit? Yes. And it's yep. your body's natural process of set point. So it's working its way into well, what's healthy for me what's, in a lot of ways. Right. And you know what? I sit here today, so yes, I'm I'm gaining that little bit more weight, mm. but I actually feel healthier because well, I sit here and I've had a tummy tuck. I've still got a fat roll, you know what? <laughs> but it is my body going, my hormones. I got my bloods done the other yeah. day and a full panel, like a massive yeah. panel of bloods because I wanted to see how my body was sitting and Don't ever be scared to ask your doctor. Don't wait for them to say, hey, maybe we should run some blood tests. You know what? You know your body the best. And I was like, you know what? I'm actually feeling really good. I actually Mm. want to see how my levels are all sitting. And I was just blown away. Yes, my iron is still an issue in my B12. So I still take my supplements every Mm. single day and my multivitamin. So I take at the moment, I take about six tablets a day and they're, they're yeah. split up like so my calcium is different to my iron yeah. and it's managing when to take them so they don't cancel each other out. And I know my body's healthy now because it's a happy body. It's yeah. not deprived of anything. I was really surprised because my bloods had always come back very low and I was low in energy but now because I think I've got that little bit of extra fat back on me really important it is and I didn't realize how important and especially for women we cut out the fat and that kind of stuff and I've realized my body needs actually quite a bit of fat intake each day to just function function. that's where your hormones start being formed is from those fat, yep. good good fats, whatever. Good fats. But yep. at the very beginning of any kind of hormone production is fat and yep. cholesterol. Yeah. So you do need some. And you I think do. we go into this low fat, low fat, low fat. And that's where you get these hormonal imbalances yep. and just feeling blah. And as we get older, it's even more important to have those good fats every day. It is. And the diet as well to help with healing. Like 
I knew I needed high protein. I knew yeah. I needed high fats and I knew my body needed carbs. Please don't be scared of carbs, everyone, because it gives you so much energy. And if you're going into this surgery, you need to give your body energy to mm. replenish its cells and to heal your body. So when I was recovering, I was eating a lot. Mm. And yes, I gained a little bit, but you know what? My body needed it and I healed. So after two weeks, my surgeon was like, I had a mammoth surgery yeah. and I got cleared to go back to doing light exercise. And so it's my body, like my incisions closed faster. I was more mobile. I did what I was told. And I think that's the key here is yeah. listening to each surgeon has their own recovery plan and healing and how to do it. Just follow it to a T. Don't mm. try and reinvent the wheel. There's a reason I, for everything. There's a reason for everything. <laughs> when you're told to not shower for like four days, yeah. you don't shower for four days. You just tell everyone to stay away from you. And it is a commitment to have the surgery because you have to do your own dressing changes mm. daily. So you have multiple checkups, but you must set yourself up so you're ready to go for yeah. it. And the research is where that comes from, yep. I think, is that time in between. Yeah. Thank you it so is. much. Like you've just shared so much from your heart, which is wonderful. Yeah. Any parting? Do you have anything? What would you do if you were looking back at embarking on what you've just done? What would be your key uh, piece of advice? My key piece of advice for me, please stay within Australia for surgery. <laughs> I have really researched I was tempted to go overseas because it's so much cheaper but the horror stories it's scary and it's heartbreaking to watch some women they can't afford to have it done and they do go overseas but you need that aftercare here in Australia our medical system here is incredible research 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 don't just go with the doctor a plastic surgeon that you know your friend used that's great there's if they haven't lost weight and they and haven't experienced what you have, I think our experiences are a little bit different. It's not a quick fix for us. So research who you're going to use and ask for their photos. So sometimes on their websites, they don't have photos. Please ask for photos on the surgery that you're having done. Mm. I think that's really, really important. And I don't know, just be aware that it doesn't fix everything. There's um, more layers of the onion to peel. There is. So I am an open book. And, I, and like I've said, anyone can message me. And I, after my last podcast, I had a lot of personal oh, messages. Oh, brilliant. That's Please great. Do because I do answer you guys. Yeah. I honestly, I'm an open book. I yeah. can send you photos. I'm more than happy to post my photos because I think for me, I was looking for someone going, well, no one's had weight loss surgery mm. and is dealing with the amount of skin that I've got. And how is it going to look for me? What am I going to be left with? What's doable? What's not doable? It is everyone's different. But I guess for me, I felt as though no one was like, they would just post all their good photos. Oh, look how amazing this is. I'm happy to post now. I can show you still at the front of my legs. I've still yeah. got a lot of excess skin. I just pose it really, really well. And mm. I think that's the key here. Remember too. what, what like you see on the internet. It's not yeah. always what it's not you see always in real it. life. 
Really? And I didn't know that. I yes, did not exactly. know that. So please, yeah, if anybody has any questions. Yeah, thank just, you. Honestly, Lovely. just yeah. just message me because I do, I do sit down and I answer everyone and I'm brutally honest. So if you don't want the honest truth, maybe don't message me. Yeah, if you don't want the, <laughs> if you don't want the real stuff and you want the fluff, yeah. go elsewhere. Yeah. And we yeah. will have your details in the show notes so everybody yes, will know where to find do. you. And you're always easy to find in our group, the BN Bariatric yes. on Facebook as well. So I know we've probably only scraped the surface of what you've kind of been through and how far you've come. So I really appreciate your honesty and just your willingness to share and help others. I think it's a really testament to your beautiful soul. Thank so thank you once again, Natalie Roberts. We'll catch up after the next thigh surgery, will we? <laughs> you know what? I'll, I should do some recordings for you when I'm actually yeah. recovering. Yeah. That would be an insight for you yeah. all. Yeah, everyone would love that. Thank you so much. Have a Thank you very day. much. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. And just before you go, we would love to hear your feedback. So please give us a rating and review. For other interesting topics of conversation and inspiration, come and drop into our Facebook community at BN Bariatric. If you've enjoyed our podcast, we hope you will share on your Facebook or Instagram and hit subscribe so you'll never miss an episode.